Hi, this is Ed Fitzpatrick. If you enjoy local politics as much as I do, be sure to join our friends at Rhode Island PBS for the show A Lively Experiment. Hosted by Jim Hummel, the weekly series features journalists, pundits, and politicians debating the stories and issues that matter most to us Rhode Islanders. Tune in to A Lively Experiment and be part of the conversation. Fridays at 7 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS and wherever you get your podcasts. From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. A place where the grandstands at McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket are sitting empty, while more than 300,000 fans have filled the seats this season at Polar Park in Worcester. Now that the Paw Sox are the Woo Sox, their brand new home is drawing plenty of supporters. So far, attendance at Woo Sox games is sixth highest in all of minor league baseball. Back when the team was in Pawtucket, they ranked 35th. Oh yeah, that one stinks. to today's interview. Tens of thousands of people have escaped Afghanistan after the takeover by the Taliban, and up to 250 of them might be headed to Rhode Island. Earlier this month, Governor Dan McKee told President Biden that our state stands ready to welcome Afghan allies and families. The exact number of people we can expect is still unclear, but evacuees have already begun arriving. We have two guests today. The first is Omar Ba, the founder and executive director of the Refugee Dream Center, who plans to help the Afghans who come to Rhode Island. Also joining us is Nagina Sadat, who fled Afghanistan for Providence six years ago. My conversation with Omar and Nagina after a quick break. When you want to go beyond the headlines, let me recommend Rhode Island PBS Weekly. Rhode Island PBS Weekly is an award-winning news magazine broadcast that gives you the full story, powered by investigative journalism and narrative storytelling. New episodes of Rhode Island PBS Weekly drop Sundays at 7.30 p.m. on Rhode Island PBS. Watch past episodes at ripbs.org weekly. That's ripbs.org weekly. Omar Ba is the founder and executive director of the Refugee Dream Center here in Providence. He's a former journalist, torture survivor, and refugee from the Gambia in West Africa. Last year, he earned a doctoral degree from William James College. He now spends his days offering training in trauma-informed care, diversity, and mental health support. Also with me today is Nagina Sadat. Nagina came to the United States from Afghanistan six years ago. She now lives in Providence and is preparing to welcome those who have been evacuated from Afghanistan following the withdrawal of U.S. forces. Omar and Nagina, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much. 
Omar, let me start by asking you for an update on where things stand with those who have been evacuated from Afghanistan. Governor McKee wrote to President Biden saying Rhode Island would welcome Afghans. Uh, do we know any more about how many will be coming to Rhode Island and, and when they might arrive? Well, we don't know actual numbers yet, but what we are thinking uh, is that we may receive up to 250 Afghan evacuees or refugees. And currently there is one individual who has who have arrived already. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. So when did the first evacuee arrive and uh, where is he going? He arrived last week and uh, he's currently in Providence. And uh, usually most, most refugees, when they are resettled in Rhode Island, they come to Providence. Sometimes people move to other cities or towns, but generally majority of them stay in Providence. Nagina, tell us about what prompted you to leave Afghanistan six years ago. So my mother used to work with American people, and Taliban killed my father 20 years ago. That's why my mother was scared. The office where she used to work was closing soon, and then she doesn't have a job, and then she applied to come here. And then me with my two brothers and one sister came here to have a better life. What was that first day when you arrived here in Rhode Island? What was that like? Do you remember? It was, yes, I do remember. It was December 7, 2015. It was a night. It was in the near airport in Providence. And then when we arrived here, my mother was very sick. And then she asked my caseworker, so if I can go to the doctor because I have very bad pain. And the caseworker said, do you want me to call the ambulance for you? And that time we didn't know what ambulance means because our English was very bad. And then my mother, she said, no, 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 I'm not angry. I need to go to the doctor. And then uh, the, the caseworker said, okay, tomorrow we're going to call someone for translator. And then we will know what's going on with you guys. And then uh, they called uh, one translator. He told us that my mother, she's sick. And they take my mother to the hospital. And then we stayed there like uh, 27 days. And then after 27 days, and she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What was the hardest thing to adapt to in, in coming to the United States? We bring a lot of hope here. And then when I lost my mother, I lost my dreams. And still, I'm happy and I'm appreciate that I'm here. Because at least if I don't have parents, we are saved here. I love Rhode Island. I've been, I've been to other states, but I like Rhode Island. Rhode Island is a quiet place. It's a small state. It's not too close, but it's not too far as well. So that's why I love about it. I want to stay here forever. <laughs> I can imagine it must be difficult to see so many Afghans forced from their home and in other cases unable to leave or forced to stay in unsafe conditions. How, how, have, how have you been doing with all this news? It's really hurting us what's going on in my country, because I have a family there too. They're scared, they're like scared what's gonna happen to their children, to their husband, because now they don't have a job, they don't have a safe life. Like they don't know what's gonna happen next. You mentioned your family still in Afghanistan. Don't you have an aunt there? Yes, I do have her. She's doing good, but she's still scared for her son, for her daughter. And she used to also work with American people. She applied and then she didn't answer. She didn't get yet anything yet. Do you hope that she would be able to come here? Yes. And where, where does that stand? How, what's the latest? I emailed the office. I didn't get reply yet, so I'm not sure. 
You know, just before we came down here, I was listening to the U.S. Secretary of State appear before the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He was facing questions about the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, about the chaos and the the many vulnerable Afghans left behind. What would you have asked him if you had a chance? I will ask them to please help them so they can have here, they can come here too. People, are, they work in, with government. Now if, if the Taliban find out if they are there and they work with American people, they will kill them. They will kill them. They say that we are not doing it, but I believe they will do it. What are your hopes for the future of Afghanistan, of your country? My hopes, I don't want to see Taliban there, and I want the world to know that they're not good. They are terrorists. They may say, oh, I changed. No. Bad people never get changed. They get worse. Right now, if you see a lot of videos coming from Afghanistan, they hate women. They kill women. They kill innocent boys, children. They never change. I want the world to know, please, don't support them. They're not good. Even not to my country, to, to another country too. No country have to support them because today, Afghanistan, tomorrow, maybe another country. How are the Afghan families in Rhode Island preparing for the new evacuees uh, that are on the way? Well, we are excited because more families coming and then we are ready to help them with anything that we can do. When people come here, it's hard because our culture is different than America. When we came here, it was like cold here. And then we bring summer clothes. I remember I almost lost my feet because I wasn't having good shoes to wear. And my mother was sick. And uh, we don't have money because we didn't have money to bring with us. So most of people doesn't have nothing. They may need a lot of things. So hopefully we can, we can help them. Omar, you are a refugee yourself, not from Afghanistan, but from the Gambia. And how does your own personal experience affect how you think about welcoming and helping people who are fleeing their home countries? Yeah, absolutely. I came to this country 14 years ago, actually straight to Rhode Island as a refugee. And I was a journalist and uh, uh, tortured by a dictator and lived in Ghana in a camp for a while and eventually came to Rhode Island. I was not prepared for my journey. I started everything from scratch. So that is basically what generally motivated me, thinking how many people are coming through the, the state who cannot speak English, who are not prepared for their journeys, people who've experienced trauma. Yeah, can you talk about that, the trauma that many refugees face and, and what you can do to address that once they get here? Well, refugees are the only group that are not prepared to travel. They, if something happens abruptly, guns, you know, bullets are flying in every direction and or bombs, and eventually you see yourself either stuck in a refugee camp or evacuated to another country. Meaning when you come, you are not prepared, you're starting your life from scratch, you don't come with anything. It's not like the cliche of I came with $20 in my pocket or $100 in my pocket. You don't come with anything. It's zero. It's like um, uh, trauma 2.0. So when they come in here, they're f confronted with new economic stressors, social stressors, cultural problems, things that you are not used to, yet that you have to relearn. You have to learn everything from scratch. It's a double problem. 
the past one and the new one that you are ex- encountering. And I understand that the people coming from Afghanistan aren't technically getting refugee status from the government. Some of them will be classified as something called a humanitarian parole. What does that term mean and how does it affect the kind of support they can get once they arrive here? Well, you know, every time they coin new terms, but what basically what is in, in the simplest terms is that they are coming in if, as evacuees and they will get their status and paperwork done once they arrive. And eventually they'll get it. What All the people evacuated, they'll give them the papers, but they will have to do that process here, which may take months or weeks, maybe sooner, but months, meaning within that period, they may not be qualified for the uh, benefits that other legal residents or citizens are qualified for, like food stamps or healthcare benefits and uh, housing, employment, and things like that. And what would you tell the the new arrivals from Afghanistan about Rhode Island? What, when what advice would you give them? As somebody from the smallest country on the mainland of Africa and coming to the smallest state in yeah. in America, I, I I'll tell them that stay in the smallest place. You know, it's good because I mean the weather is. It could be brutal in the winter, but I mean, it's beautiful in the summer also. The people are nice. It's a small place where people can, you can easily integrate and get connected. And it's in between two major cities, New York and Boston. You go north, you go to a big city. South, you go to the best city in the world where everybody wants to travel. And then you come back to your little corner and you, you have your camp. So I think Rhode Island is the best. And what is the main thing that Rhode Islanders can do to support the Afghans that come in the following weeks? Well, a combination of a lot of things. Uh, one could be donating to the organizations, helping them. There are bigger organizations like Dorcas International Institute and the Catholic Charities, which resettle the refugees. Or the Refugee Dream Center, which is our agency that picks up afterwards to complement the support, uh, the integration process. They can also help the individuals directly through these agencies by donating for housing, uh, rental assistance, teaching people English or being matched with an individual and be a mentor. Mentor means helping them go to the grocery store, keeping up with their appointments, finding a free clinic, being a, a, a friend to, the, to them. They can also donate material or, or money. Omar Ba and Nagina Sadat, thank you very much for talking to with us today. Good, thank you. Thank you so much. Rhode Island's colleges and universities are also stepping up to support Afghan evacuees. Brown and RISD have each pledged to host an Afghan scholar in residence. To learn more, check out my article in Globe Rhode Island. Here are some other stories to check out this week from our Rhode Island team. Brian Amaral reports on the controversy around plans to host Correctional Officers Week at the prison in Cranston. During the week, friends and family members will go on tours of the prison facility. The Correctional Officers Union says it's a way to showcase their work. Inmates and their advocates say it's humiliating and especially dangerous during COVID-19. My colleague Alexa Gigas has the details on a maker's fair scheduled to feature handmade products from more than 100 local businesses. Find these stories and more at globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Caitlin Harrop, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. 
Our music is from APM. Got a tip? Have someone you think we should talk to? We'd love to hear your ideas. Send us an email at rinews at globe.com. And if you like the show, do us a favor. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next Thursday. Looking to binge watch all your favorite PBS shows? You need Rhode Island PBS Passport, Masterpiece, Antiques Roadshow, Rhode Island PBS Weekly, and many more. Watch them all, anytime, and from any streaming device. Learn more about this member benefit at ripbs.org passport. That's ripbs.org passport.